Goff's three minute. Your story. Cause knowledge is. As long as there have been rules, there have been people looking for ways to get around them. It does not matter the rule or if it is good or bad for society, it's just human nature to try to find ways around them. And if you disagree with the rule or law, even more reason to find a way to skirt around it. And no laws draw such disdain and contempt and fuel a man's fire to find a way around them than laws involving civil liberties, especially the idea of prohibition or the forbiddance of alcohol consumption. Long before the 18th Amendment and accompanying Volstead Act was signed into effect in 1920, a social reform movement to limit and eventually prohibit alcohol consumption was growing. In New York City in the 1890s, Republican reformers were pushing to create more forceful Sabbath laws, prohibiting the selling of alcohol and the closing of saloons on Sundays. Buoyed by the new president of the police commission, Theodore Roosevelt, the reformers put pressure on the legislature to create new laws against consumption. Finger Lakes Region Senator John W. Raines pushed forward a new bill that would come to attach his namesake to it, the Raines Law. The Raines Law had a litany of smaller laws wrapped up in it and was designed to put many of New York's 8,000 saloons out of business. The law, which took effect on April 1st, 1896, featured these items. It raised the price of an annual liquor license to $800, tripling the previous cost. Saloons could not operate within 200 feet of a church or school. The drinking age was raised from 16 to 18. It banned providing a free lunch when purchasing a beverage. And the big kicker, Saloons were to be closed on Sundays, beginning at the stroke of midnight Saturday night. And then on Sundays, saloons were required to keep their curtains open, making it difficult to be secretive. The immediate winners and losers were easy to see. Middle-class Protestants hailed this as a huge victory in their crusade for social reform. While many of the city's blue-collar immigrant workers, mainly German and Irish, wanted to enjoy a day of drinking on their one day off. The Sunday ban was also unpopular with the Jewish population as they had already worshipped on Saturday. As I said at the beginning, it's man's nature to find a way to skirt the rules. You see, a loophole had been written into the Reigns Law. It stated that lodging houses with at least 10 rooms or more could serve guests drinks with their meals seven days a week. Many of the rich and wealthy, including politicians, were prone to eat out in the city's fancy hotels on Sundays and wanted to continue to have their libations with dinner. And while this was written in, more specifically to benefit the wealthy, everyone soon took advantage. By the following weekend, with the Reigns Law just two weeks into effect, the city's saloon managers had put into effect their plan to slip through that loophole. Saloon owners began dividing up basements and attics into small lodging rooms to meet the 10 room minimum and to meet the meal requirement, they began serving the rain sandwich with customers drink orders. And this brings us to finally the title of this episode. While the endless discussions, debates and arguments have been had over the best sandwich in New York City, I think there is a universal agreement on what would be the worst sandwich, the Rain Sandwich. Playwright Eugene O'Neill described the sandwich as, quote, 
An old, desiccated ruin of dust-landed bread and mummified ham or cheese, end quote. Since the law didn't state the patron had to eat the meal provided with the drink, bartenders would bring out the sandwich with the patron's drink and then quickly whisk it away to be brought out with another drink order a moment later. As long as they were bringing the meal with the drink, it counted. Most of the time, the same set of sandwiches were rotated amongst customers for at least a week before being replaced, usually because of the smell. This appeased the police and courts, and these quote-unquote Reigns hotels were allowed to continue on since they met the requirements. Reformers were beside themselves, and by the end of the year, the number of Reigns hotels had doubled to 1,500, and in Brooklyn, the numbers of hotels went from 13 to 800 in under six months. The irony of the situation was that instead of curbing alcohol consumption and reforming society, it did the exact opposite. With saloons being able to serve alcohol 24-7, there was no need for a last call. They could stay open all night. Men drank to excess with rooms available upstairs. And with this, prostitution also spiked. Now the following year, Amendments were added to close some of the loopholes and make the law clear. In the following decades, more laws were pushed to curb Sunday drinking until eventually the Anti-Saloon League gained enough momentum to get the aforementioned 18th Amendment and Volsedek pass, making the Reigns Law a moot point. So while we can argue the ripple effects of social reform, the illicit effects of alcohol in society, and even who has the best sandwich in New York, one thing that I think we can all agree on is the worst sandwich to come out of New York City that no one complained about being served was the rain sandwich. Class dismissed. This podcast, written, produced, and narrated by Isaac Goff in wild, wonderful Wart County, West Virginia. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. <laughs>